They're back on the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. All right, one sock. We spoke about the signings beforehand, before the season started. Let's break down the review of them now. How well did they do? First off, let's kick it off with the big name signing of the summer, your winger, Anthony, a player who I thought was going to live up to expectation, to be honest. He didn't the first season. We have to admit that. But let me ask you before I say my side. Do you think that there is time for him to live, live up to it? Or do you think it was a complete waste of $100 million? Not a complete waste. If if he was 60, 70, then I would say he could probably live up to it. But there's no way he's living up to the £100 million or euros, I think it was, price mark. There's no way. From what, what does I'm he saying, have to do to live up to it? He, I mean, he, he has to become the next Ronaldo. And, and it's clear it's not. I mean, that's not his style. Um, he's not really a creator, from what I've seen. He's more of a a get into dangerous areas, which he he, he does well at. Um, and he, I mean, he's just got to finish. You know, I, I don't know how he improved that. Uh, I, I've mentioned this so many times, so many near misses. He and, and uh, him getting to good areas is not an issue. Him getting found is not an issue either. He just needs to tuck those away. Okay, so. How do you try and get the best out of him? The manager knows him. He's known him from his Ajax days. There's a reason why he signed him. Whenever he doesn't play, I will admit, whenever he doesn't play, we tend to struggle a little bit because he not only offers an attacking outlet, but he works his butt off defensively too. You know, he's probably the the best winger that we've got in terms of defensive support. You know, not only pressing from the front, but also helping out the right back. So I have no problems on that front. Uh, and I'm sure there's a reason why he was so stuck on this guy. I, he just needs to finish. I don't know if that's something that a manager can teach. You know, finishing just oftentimes comes with instinct, right? That's why you don't, that's why you go through through hell to sign a 30-goal striker. Because you just don't get that kind of instinct, that finishing ability. Or, you know, they, they say they know where the goal is, right? The good strikers. You, you can't teach that. So. I don't know. My take is he still he still has some time to find his feet. I think this was just a season for him to kind of get warm, feel it out. You can tell by the way he was playing, he was trying to find his rhythm. You know, when he tried to take too many touches on the ball, it's clear he has the skill. He has the ability. It's just about the mentality now. And I think you can tell he gets kind of hot-headed in situations. I think he just calms down a bit. He finds his feet. He could be a big player for you guys. But sticking on you guys now and Brazil, Casemiro. This is an interesting one. Well, I would have picked him for my signing of the season if... Had he not missed, what, 13 games? I know the, the first three were because he came in late, but, I mean, he's 
he's changed the team. I changed my profile photo from a, a former player. I mean, he's still our player, but I changed my profile photo to a picture of him celebrating his goal against Chelsea. You know, it was, it was, a, it was a late, okay, last minute equalizer. I get it. The, the feelings, the emotions are there, but it's just a, a regular league game, you know? And it wasn't even like we were, we were going for the title and that, that goal was going to win us the league. No, in October, nine, I think it was the 93rd minute that he scored in. And I don't think I've ever seen a player celebrate like that. I think he popped out like five different celebrations and screens. So I, I love the guy. Um, of course, he's not perfect, but I, I don't have anything bad to say about him. No, definitely. What a signing he was for the short term, definitely. But at 70 million at his age, do you, do you worry about that for the long term? Yeah, I mean, of course, objectively, yes. But from his lifestyle, from the way he trains, the way he keeps himself professional, I don't know if he will necessarily, of course, we can't predict, but I don't think we will necessarily see a huge drop-off uh, I mean, he's already 30, right? 31, I think. But I don't think he, we will see a massive drop-off like we would see from like other Brazilians, right? Like uh, like Kaká, Ronaldinho, R9, you know, those... Maybe, maybe not Kaká, but, you know, Ronaldinho was... I mean, he was not the most professional of players, right? So, and Casemiro is far from that. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting you made, you made that point because recently we've been seeing a lot of players get better as they've gotten older. Almost like the experience helps their, their game. Like it's suited for their game style. You think Casemiro is one of those? Yeah, I mean, the guy's never relied on pace. The guy, he, he's been asked to do more on this at, on this team compared to his Real Madrid days, but... I almost view him as uh, the midfield maestro, just calm things down in the middle. There are times where he rushes into things and he loses the ball, but that's not really down to him, though. You look at the players around him, you pair him up with Bruno, who's, who runs around a lot, but he's usually uh, a lot further up the field than Casemiro. And then you, you've got Ericsson, who's, I will, I will say, I mean, we can touch on him later too, but he, he fell off massively after his injury so Casemiro is I mean he's the he's the reliable anchor just pop any word you want to put on this guy he's he's the midfield focal point he's going to be and I hope for the next two three years sticking on Manu again then a player who I would have argued it was at least one of the signings of the season Lissandro Martinez wow he shocked many people. I think his technical ability playing out from the back was always clear, always evident. It was just a matter of can he keep up physically and boy, he shot everybody up. Yeah, I mean, if you remember the game against Brentford where we got thrashed 4-0, I, I said it. I don't know if he should be starting against Liverpool. But then the, the day after, Nunes got sent off and then he ended up starting and having a good game. A lot of people doubted him. That's no that's no secret. But like you said, he's proven almost everybody wrong. And he's young too. Good age as well. Could Lissandro be 
you know, with Varane getting old as well, could Lissandro be that that focal point, like you said, in the defense for you guys, that kind of leader from the back? Let's hope so. Um, he, he certainly looks to have the, the materials to be something of a captain. But the thing with all these uh, South American players is they grow up dreaming of, you know, the Spanish teams usually, right? They don't dream of playing for English teams. Uh, it, that's just not their thing. So that's that's that applies to anybody. Um, I mean, you look at Garnacho. I have no doubt that he's probably going to, if he does, in fact, uh, continue his trajectory of his upward trajectory, I have no doubt he's going to want to leave for Spain. And I'm, I've already accepted that because that's just that's just what it is. Yeah, I could definitely see Lissandro going to Barcelona or something like that. That's... Yeah, I mean, he suits them, right? Yeah, definitely. Speaking of South America, another big-name signing, Darwin Nunes for Liverpool. I think, I, think we're, I think we're right about that. We've been saying it all season, and he hasn't proven anything the whole year. Flop. Darwin Nunes was a flop. Well, what makes you say Anthony and Nunes... Came in around the same price point. Both have had a year. Nunes has arguably done more this season if in the league. Yeah, you're you're right. You could argue that still. You could you could say it's his first season. You have to you have to give him the time. Yeah. But something I don't know what it is. Something about about him and his playing style just makes me feel like he's not gonna he's not gonna kick off. <sighs> I I don't know. I mean, I I will I will agree with you that he 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 was a flop at least this season. He did not. I I think the thing the main thing for me as as a striker. I mean, he hasn't even been playing as a striker for Liverpool. It's it's been Gakpo, but it's his technical abilities. You know, it's if you're that inconsistent with your technical abilities as one of the front three players. There's no way you're gonna be at the top level. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's that's first and foremost. You have to have that as a football player, and you can tell. That's what. That's even like to get into Pep Guardiola's side. You have to have technical ability first and foremost. And if you don't, you're not in the squad. Simple as that. No matter how much you bring to the team, tenacity wise, how much you can read the game, whatever. No, you have to be able to handle the ball, and take care of it. So that's a, that's a good point, you know? And so speaking of no, the player who everybody was comparing Nunes to, the player that Pep Guardiola did decide to sign, Erling Haaland. I was wrong. I said he was going to I said he was not going to kick off this season, that he was going to he was going to struggle this season and he absolutely shattered that that discussion well now to be fair i don't think okay i i, I don't think we both thought that he was going to score 36 goals in his first season but i think we both knew he was going to score goals the main concern was that when it comes to his injury record you know with such a freakish body i mean he, he's got lightning pace right he's the, a, a man that tall that big is not supposed to be built like that. And that's probably why he's getting injured very often at, at Dortmund. And at Dortmund, he... 
I mean, the, the team itself were not as dominant as, as City are usually in the, in the league, where, where if you're a City manager, you're most likely up by three goals by the 60th, 60th 70th minute. And you're able to take up. And we, we've seen that often, right? He's on a he's on a hat trick and Pep Guardiola takes him off because he doesn't want him to get injured. So credit to the, whoever it, it was in charge of uh, keeping the big man injury free because that was that was the biggest thing for I mean for me at least I'll, I'll, I'll be I did not think he was going to score 36 goals I don't think anybody did yeah and you know also to to touch on another aspect of his game one thing that I was questioning about his game that he honestly I wouldn't say he excelled at but he held his own his link up play was very good he was able to get on the ball hold off the defender and just kind of play that Little little cute slip pass through just to just to allow De Bruyne to run onto it into the space, clean through on goal, allow Gundogan to get in clean through on goal. I think that's one aspect that I'm not saying he that's that's designed into his game, but he has done that part of it well. He's done a very good shift where that's concerned. You can tell that he's focused in the game, he's trying as much as he can to do it, and he he's a workhorse, he works hard, and that that determination to want it more than the next person allows him to 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 free up those opportunities so hats off to him for that too i still think harry kane could do that job better than holland but we, we can move on from Holland. there's there's no discuss there's no debate holland's the best sign of the season yeah but a flop signing from pep that i would consider and one that I did say what was going to happen at the start. Calvin Phillips, bro. This guy this guy didn't do anything. I mean, maybe it's not on him because he didn't have to do anything. Rodri was just ever-present and he really didn't need to do that. They were just starting Gundogan. But then again, it comes back to, did you even need him? Was it worth the amount you paid for him? And that's what it came down to for me, right? I'm not saying he's a flat player or anything. I just, I'm just like, it, it just doesn't fit. He's just not going to go into City's true squad and actually play a, a role for me. And he didn't. Yeah. Um, I, I was a little confused as well. You could say you're preparing for... Uh, I mean, he's just a backup, right? You could say in preparation for Rodri's departure or in retirement. No, they're the same age. So, yeah, Calvin Phillips... I will see. I mean, we've seen. I mean, you got to go back to when Roger first came in. He he was labeled a flop, if you remember. He didn't he didn't get a sniff under uh, Fernandinho. So there's still time. Um, I mean, he wasn't even that expensive. Forty mil was it? That's 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 chunk change nowadays. Yeah. So let's look on their oats now, because they recoup some money from that as well. Let's start with Sterling. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's happened to this guy. His finishing was, he was never prolific, right? He was, or I should say, the, he was never clinical, right? He was, he was prolific because he was being presented with hundreds of chances every game. But he was never golden chances as well, right? I mean, there's a whole compilation of him and Jesus missing golden chances from 
from whoever, from Kevin De Bruyne, from whoever. But it is a surprise that he's flopped to this extent. I'll, I'll cut him a bit of slack because, I mean, this Chelsea side is, I mean, where do you find stability in this team? Um, so No, it comes on to the whole Chelsea side at the end of the day, right? I feel like everybody flopped. There are a, a, one or two players here and there who you could say kind of held their own Enzo maybe, and you could argue. But then do you not look on the players as well like a Sterling and say, Sterling, this is your job right now to come in and make a difference for the Chelsea squad. Like you're a big name player. You're, you're well, you know, you're not old. Well, I mean, that's where this question comes into play. Was he ever the main guy at City? Probably was not. was at one point though. Because he was scoring 18 goals out of 130 chances, yes. The numbers look good, but if you actually watch the games, I mean, I single-handedly blame this guy for City not winning the, the Champions League prior to this season. Really. Interesting. So, yeah, you, you have to let me know if you, why you think that. I'll give you a simple example. 2020, right? It was a hit. The Champions League was hit by the the a COVID, and it was not a two legged tie. It was uh, I think it was at a neutral venue. They played against Leon, and they were down two one, I believe. Sterling presented with a great chance. He was like two yards in front of goal. The keeper was desperately trying to catch up because the ball was being you know uh, cut back from from the from the edge of the box into the box. And Sterling skies it. I'm sure you, a lot of you remember this. Well, Simple as. This guy is the reason why City did not win the Champions League before, obviously, this season. Well, another man you mentioned was missing chances. Gabi Jesus for Arsenal. What's your take on this? This is an interesting one because I'm hearing mixed reviews from different people. I think uh, it's not fair to judge him fully because he was out for a while with injury. But I think he did as we expected him to. He was never going to score 30 goals. But what he did was he elevated the team to from maybe a B plus to an A minus, maybe perhaps. Still not the A, a plus or A uh, level yet, obviously, because, you know, the goals from the striker position is still lacking compared to other teams, even even Tottenham, right? So, but overall, I mean, for that price you paid also, I mean, you're taking that. And the guy's still only in, the, in his early 20s. Yeah, honestly, for me, he's like a Lacazette upgrade. He kind of offers the same type of stuff. He comes in deep to link up with the play. He gets a lot of high-pressing opportunities as well and just energetic. But then there's these moments, those... those Against, like, Southampton, for example, like, you, you can put that chance away, kill the game. The game is done. Liverpool even, game done. And he's just... You just, you just miss the chance and it's like, bro, these are chances that need to be put away and it will come back and cost you in the end. And it did for Arsenal. So... That's just something that, you know, if you can't change that about Jesus from an Arsenal standpoint, it's get another player in 
in the backup who can do that in when when you need one, you know. Yeah, and and I still maintain that you you probably can't win anything major as Jesus being your main player. Um, I think it's it's proven. City replaced him with Holland, and they go in with a trouble right away. Yeah. Well, speaking of another player coming from City, Zinchenko. I think it's fair to say that you will not be signing any player from City anytime soon. Um, it was. <laughs> I think, I mean, me. I mean, most everyone. When we saw Arsenal signing all these City players, we were probably thinking. I mean, not a big deal, right? These are not world-class players, right? I mean, need, not, neither of those are, are world-class in in their respective positions. Um, Hold on, that's a question right there, you know. They're not. That's a big question. They're not. Hold on, do you think that Jesus and Zinchenko are world-class players? They're not. Simple as. It's not even a debate. It's Carry not. You know, carry on with what you're saying. But, um, yeah, he's he's done. He's he's come in and replaced Tierney, who now we're we're seeing him as, I mean, the guy has no place in this Arsenal side. And this is, you look back like a year or two ago. Tierney was your lone bright spot, if you remember. So. Those two players actually came in and elevated your, your team um, to the extent that we saw this year. So both are very solid signings for me. Yeah, big up Zinchenko still, honestly. Both of them, honestly. The two of them were were definitely quality. Let's go, let's go back to um let's go back now to Chelsea. I look a bit down the table, you know. <laughs> A little bit. Cucurella. No, I want to look on them a little bit because they spent a lot. So we really we we have a lot to look into. You, you, you see me? We can burst through it quick though, like Cucarella. Quick. That one's easy. That's a flop. Sure. But we're just gonna say that because Chelsea in general were flop. Pretty much, yeah. Because then Mudrick flop. Pafana flop. Like you can go through the list, bro. Alright, alright. Let's switch it up then. Let's switch it up then. Tottenham. They've made they've spent a lot of money too. Um and they've also had a shit season. They did, yes. <laughs> so who that know then? So we're looking at Richarlison. Uh flop. Easy. Bisuma. See, this is why this is why I questioned uh, this is why I questioned uh McAllister's fee. You know, Bisuma was heavily sought after, right? If you remember before the season. And I mean he's had an injury, yes, but he, he he's never the, the same type same player that he was at Brighton this season. So and he went for a, a pretty low amount as well. I think it was around 30 million pounds. So that makes me wonder is the same thing gonna happen to McAllister? Because I, I mean, Brighton obviously don't want to let Caicedo go. They're asking for eighty million pounds. So, is there something that we're missing that we could possibly, you know, learn from Basuma's case? 
we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is the problem with with Tottenham. No real direction in in who they signed. Uh, Richarlison, I think, is ultimately Hurricane's replacement if Hurricane does not extend. But he, nobody's going to replace Hurricane. Richarlison, fifty mil. That's that's a hefty price. I think he scored one goal this season, right, against Liverpool in the Premier League. I know he scored a hat trick in the Champions League, but they signed Jet Spence. I don't think he played any meaningful minutes. And then he got sent out on loan to Rennes in France. Bissouma, maybe they expected better, but he does not offer anything different than what they've already had with their team. So I don't know where they're headed. Um, yeah. I mean, Perisic, he was a stopgap signing. Of course, he's old. Um, and, yeah, it's it's just disappointing for Tottenham. Yeah, so I guess we'll just have to say, Tottenham, shit, as usual. <laughs> nah, jokes still. But, yo, let's look, on some of the, let's look on some of the winter signings as well. You want to switch it back to Chelsea? Let's ask about Aubameyang. Well, Aubameyang came in in, in in September, so but so, nobody, so, uh, I mean, nobody expected much of Aubameyang. Um, it's I also feel bad for him. I mean, he he comes in and his the manager gets sacked. What what is he supposed to do, bro? I mean, nah, bro. He's he's just he's flopped now, bro. He's just like worn out, bro. That's it, done. Like something is on his mind or something. Like he's just not in it anymore. This has nothing to do with the manager. He's gone to several different teams, bro, and he's been flopping on all of them, bro. I mean, he he's... was okay. He was okay at Barcelona. He was okay at Barcelona. Still not himself, though, dog. Like, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he's he's getting old. His his, his place that was never gonna be be nice for when he when his physicality got obviously uh, started deteriorating, bro. I mean, but but again, nobody expected much of him anyway. So it, it's it's whatever. It's like you're criticizing a. He was signed for what eleven million pounds. There was there was no expectations of him. It was almost like. It was almost a bonus, if he did well. So. Yeah. All right, switching it to winter, win some winter signings. In I want to talk about two Arsenal signings that I thought were. Brilliant clutch signings because we were trying to get two other players and these guys came in as just quick, as you say, kind of stopgap plays. And they worked out brilliantly. Jorginho and Trussard. Yo, what brilliant work. What do you have to say about that? Sure. Ultimately, Arsenal failed to win the league. So that kind of holds less weight. Not down to that. Not down to that, though. I'm not saying it's down to that, but that 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 just holds less weight when you say what a. I mean, they've done well, but had Arsenal gone on to win the league, that argument would have been way stronger because without them, they are not winning the league, right? So, yeah, I mean, I hear that. I hear that talk still. I said that used to challenge though Liverpool. They came in with the signing for Cody Gakpo. After the World Cup, thoughts on that? Yeah, that 
kind of came out of nowhere. Um, somebody said to me, he dribbles like Varane. And I can't unsee it. He's very awkward when he dribbles. He's even more awkward than Salah. You know, we, we talk about Salah and his, and his non-orthodox dribbling style. I, I, something about it where, I mean, maybe his his body weight is uh, a lot more focused on towards his upper body than his lower body. I mean, you compare his dribbling style to someone like Hazard. Okay, not, not the same type of players, but you, you will see what I mean. You look at the way the guy dribbles, it's it's so odd. And it looks like he's going to be the preferred striker moving forward. Mind you, he can play anywhere, but it looks like he's going to be the main forward for Liverpool. Half a season, I don't want to give any grades out to, to any winter signings. I don't even want to label Mudrik a flop yet. Because only, what, four months of, of Premier League? Four or five months, really? Yeah. But you mentioned Salah's awkward dribbling too. I want to ask you about that one. This is not really so much of a signing, but... I get, oh, well, it is a signing technically, but not a transfer. The decision between Mane and Salano, did it... I guess clearly it didn't pay off for Liverpool, but Salah pulled his weight, wouldn't you say? So, would you say the trade-off was worth it? Did they make the right call? Well, we already discussed this, but ideally they should have probably kept both. I, I know Mane wanted to leave, but I, I just that's just such a bad move for both the player and the team. You know, Mane's not done anything at Bayern Munich. If anything, he's, he's done harm to that team. Um, and Liverpool not able to fully replace him yet. So, yeah, ideally, he, they probably should have both stayed but that's not how football works. So That's all we have time for today. Guys, thanks for tuning in as always. We hope you enjoyed your time with us. Remember to subscribe, to leave comments, and share with your friends. Follow us on social media at FOTBPod. Don't forget to leave a review, rating, and most importantly, don't forget to turn on those notifications. Join us again next time as we discuss the highly anticipated upcoming Premier League action. Thanks again as always. See you then.